Welcome to the Athlete's Compass Podcast, your North Star for mastering endurance training and holistic health. Join us each week as renowned sports scientist and founder of Athletica.ai, Paul Larson, along with athlete, coach, and sports scientist Mariana Rakai, and coach and cyclist Paul Warlowski, guide you through the maze of often confusing training principles. Make sure your compass is ready. Class is now in session. We've all heard the mantra, no pain, no gain. But is pushing through that pain really the best approach to fitness? Let's go through why this mindset might be holding you back from reaching your full potential. Mariana, in the first episode, we talked a lot about how you were overtrained. How do you think that no pain, no gain attitude affected your training? Oh, it was, it was instrumental. Uh, I, I'm a post-it girl, so I have post-its everywhere. <laughs> I find a, a, a nice motto that like I can um, reflect on and I'll write it down on a post-it and put it on the wall. And um, the listeners can't see this, but my bike is in my office. So I often bike inside on a trainer on Swift. And I have, I look at, I'm looking at these post-its with different kinds of um, models or quotes. And one of them was no pain, no gain, push through. I would have a, a chart where I put stars every time I either hit some a, a milestone mark or I struggled, but I pushed through and I would give myself a star because I was tough. Like being tough was my goal. <laughs> and uh, it was, it, I think the, that mindset was the leading cause why I got overtrained because I was always asking for more from my previous coach, uh, who was amazing, by the way. Um, always asking for more, either more harder intervals or more volume, always just like, <laughs> give me more. Uh, so I can really relate to that, no pain, no gain. And it worked in the beginning, it worked. Um, but uh, pushing through and looking back now, I know that that was the main reason why I got overtrained. Um, and it, and it's, a, it's a tough line to know you know, being tough and being strong through a challenging workout and then doing too much. Um, Paul, what about you? How, how has that no pain, no gain mentality affected you in your career? We both grew up in that time where that was the thing we faced in the, in the gym. And when we were out training, um, how does that affect you now? Well, I'll start how it, how it used to affect me too, right? Because I was uh, I was the young the young athlete as well, without without any you know without any context, without any background, and you follow those that you believe in at the time, and that um, and for for me, I'm really dating myself, but it was um, uh, uh, Scott Tinley who was who'd, who'd won Kona at one time, and he, it was Triathlete Magazine was the only thing that we had. It wasn't you know the internet wasn't around back then. But it was I was I would read the back of Triathlete magazine. It was Tinley Talks, and it was all about it was all about the the monumental types of training that he and um, uh, Scott Molina as well. And th these were some of the big guys at the time, and they were just talking about these monster sets they could do. So that was 
that was the benchmark that was put out there. So you, the, everyone was in the belief that you had to train long and you had to tra train hard. You, tra you know, train hard as, as hard as you can for as long as you can. So that was, I, I definitely believed in the no pain, no gain thing. And of course, um, drove myself, uh, like Mariana, into overtraining syndrome uh, as a result of that. And um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty frustrating when you get there. So, um, and then to today, I, I mean, I mean, there's obviously there's, there's 30 years of seeing this now across other athletes, meeting Phil Naftone, as I, as I mentioned in the last podcast, um, and, and recognizing, well, that's probably not the best road to Rome. But even like today, like even to yesterday, dealing with a very talented local athlete who um, is uh, displaying the exact same um, behaviors as Mariana just spoke on, where she is, she's a phenom and she is asking me for more training. I can do this. I can still do this. Should I do that? And I know you can do that. I know you want to do that, but I'm seeing all the signs of overtraining. And, um, you know, I had to, we, I had to get on the phone with her parents last night and explain to them the situation. This is what both myself, I also have an, an Olympic, I'm blessed to have an Olympic trainer, a strength and conditioner in, in town as well. We're both seeing the exact same thing. And we're, we're, and, but it's like the, 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 the strength in this, in this young phenom girl to push forward is if it weren't for two fairly experienced practitioners to pull her back with, with her parents, she would bolt. This thoroughbred would bolt. So this is not an easy problem that we're dealing with. Um, it's so easy for us to go and say, just don't, just don't do it. You know, like just don't, the, don't believe in the no pain, no gain. But that's, that's, that's out there. It's probably part of a type A personality that's in so many of us. And um, it really takes a, um, you know, a pause, uh, a meditative moment to just, just say, okay, hold on. Is that really the best way, the best thing that I should do right now? Or is there, should I do something else? So <sighs> that's, that's, that's off top of my head, Paul. Yeah, I, yeah. I can totally relate to that. Um, and that's where the mindset comes in. Like you with your wisdom and your experience, like uh, having the courage to, you know, pull the athlete back when the tribe is so strong. It, 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 it's, it takes courage to say, hey, you know, like you have so much time in front of you, like you don't have to hurry, you know? Um, but for, exactly. for all the athletes, age group athletes, um, not that I'm super old, but I see the, <laughs> the end is coming. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's the mindset of, you know, we, we all expect pushing through and then we, we asking ourselves, if we're not feeling well, we're asking, okay, hold on. Am I being lazy? You know, like on those days you're not, you haven't slept well or you're not feeling well, like you, like you had a heart session yesterday and you're not fully recovered and then you, your training plan is asking for something else and you're like, oh. So there you are, you're asking yourself, am I just lazy or is my body actually sending me a warning sign? You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody has been there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, 
So what do you what do you do then? And it's so valuable to have a coach or a training platform like Athletica to give those little warning signs to you if you haven't learned to listen to your feel. Um, that say, hey, today could be a good idea to go for a nature hike because the magic of being in nature is so valuable for mm -hmm. you know recovery. I, if I can just, the, the, what what it's an interesting point also that you made, Mariana. I kind of I think it relates to the different personalities that are in all of us, and we're it, we're just so diverse, right? Like because you can have the complete opposite personality too. And there, there is still the individual that might need that motivation and maybe no pain, no gain works for, for them to get them moving. Right. Like we're talking, you know, couch to 5k or something mm. like that. Right. Like that, that pers personality still does exist. There's some, some of us still need a little bit of help with motivation. So um, there is just completely, ev everyone is an individual and it, it's, Again, probably reaching into that field. Where do I, you know, where do I sit? Now we have a forum on Athletica, and I'm reflecting actually. Um, so J we have a a, a, um, a user. I'll just username is Jesse, and Jesse's posting all the time on the long training thread, right? And I love how he he just um, he puts his his real feelings in there, and you know, like he just he just gave a great post the other day on on how he just, he really was having a hard time getting motivated and to get out the door. And, um, but you know, he, he did see the plan in front of him and he, and he, he was really happy that he did it after. So I, I think you just, you have, you have the, you have yourself, Mariana, where you were, you have uh, the athlete, the young phenom athlete that is just wired to be a thoroughbred and and train forever as much as they can, and then you've got individuals that that um, might struggle. So it's again, it's it, where am I sitting, right? So how can I re pause and reflect on 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 my my situation in in the moment? You know, I talked in the in the first episode about my heart giving me those warning signs that I ignored for a long time because I have that same personality type and. I also have always had this sense that I need to race in order to prove myself as opposed to racing to enjoy the, the, the moment of challenging myself. And I also think about, you know, Paul, what you, your example of your, your phenom, you know, I have a 13 year old that I'm working with and he, if left to his designs, he would do nothing but ride his bike all day long all the time and as hard as he could. And it's been more of a um, getting the reins on this kid rather than letting him go. And he just wants to run. Um, I, exactly. Exactly. Exact. My, I've got a 14 year old, same exact personality. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I love that he loves, I love that he loves cycling um, and that he loves to train, but it's all a matter of just trying to corral some of that energy. Totally. One of the things that I was reflecting on was when that drive and motivation starts to go downhill, it's really good to have a coach who sees that and, and mm. kind of can see, okay, so she and he, they've been super keen on putting in more work, harder work, but hey, what's happening now? Like, 
they show up to a training or they mention something that they didn't feel as motivated. And one of those, uh, one of those warning signs is the lack of motivation before overtraining. Like that is so important to recognize as a, like an athlete myself. Okay. Where's my motivation? Cause it, sometimes it happens. And then I look, go back and look at my training diary and like, okay, what is, what has happened? What's the overall life stress also, because that all plays in, you know, hundred percent. Um, it motivation is one of the key motivation to train is one of the key factors. Um, so, you know, if, if I can just say Mark, our CEO, I, 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 he's on my coaching platform and, uh, you know, if I can see sometimes, you know, he, he expresses a, a lack of motivation and, um, but he's learning to listen to that, um, to that little, little boy inside his head and, 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 and follow accordingly. And, and we, you know, he knows now, uh, when, when he needs to rest, he makes good decisions now. But that's not easy to recognize no. as, a, mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. a driven athlete. It is so hard to have the courage to recognize, okay, my motiv motivation is not there today. Uh, is it okay to say that I'm not motivated? You know, it, it is. Is it a sign of weakness? It's a mm -hmm. sign of like. No, it's I'm, not. Exactly. <laughs> it's not honesty. But it took me so long to allow myself to say, hey, today I'm not motivated. It's not easy. Mm -mm. No, but it's it's necessary. Yeah, I agree. This is this is the pause that is important. This is the reflection. It's important. And we all need to we all need to take that. Yeah, you know, to um, to make the right, you know, uh, have the right look at our compass to move forward. Yeah. 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 So maybe at that that moment when when you're having that pause with yourself and sitting there, hey, am I motivated to do this session? Maybe that is the day that you can actually opt for going for yoga or taking your dog for a nature walk a little bit longer than what you normally walk your dog. Mm -hmm. um, it is go, go for yeah go for a walk it's, you know again back to my my 14 year old phenom uh girl and she you know i've got walks prescribed for her and she thinks it's so why am i walking why am i walking and now i have to educate her and i have to explain to her that you know the power of walking of going for a walk outside it kind of gets went back to the the first podcast we spoke about when we talked about having these sorts of balances and whatnot and how it it resets you it gets you know i think in in um you know i i think both you know paul's 13 year old young man and uh and and my 14 year old girl here i think they have monkey minds probably like all of us right and the meditation almost that you get when you're going for a walk, you don't get it right away. Right. And it seems awful when you first, that first five minutes, but then you slowly kind of get into it and you're in, in there with nature or wherever you are. Um, and then, you know, I also have to tell her that, um, you know, uh, Andy Busher, who's the, uh, if you look at Athletica and you look at all of the, um, the, the pictures of the athlete that's on it, well, that's, that's him. And he's, you know, a multiple Ironman champion. Um, and, 
in our coat, you know, our work together, um, repeated walks were instrumental in, um, in his, in his preparation. Hmm. So he was, he was walking almost every day for anywhere from 30 to, to an hour, 30 minutes to an hour. Now you'd ask yourself, well, how on earth does a, you know, an Ironman champion like Andy Boucher go, what is, how does he have time to go for walks and what, what would that create for, uh, you know, for an Ironman athlete? doesn't make any sense, does it? Not, not at first until you recognize that health is first, like health, you know, and it's because it, it facilitates so many things. It cures his monkey mind. It, um, resets him. It, uh, it allows you to burn more fat actually. Right. So when you're, um, when you reset your mind, we spoke about last podcast, we talked about the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. It's a big, long word, but it's the integrative center in your brain between your nervous system and your endocrine system. Mariana was talking about how going, she went to an endocrinologist, right? So if you reset your mind, it links back to all the hormones, which causes you to change your body composition. Say, for example, you just, all of a sudden fat starts being released from all of your adipocytes in your, and you burn it as energy. And it's, uh, again, it's just, um, that's just one thing you sleep better. It's just like everything is related. So, um, yeah. And, and so trying to teach this young woman that it's okay. And, and I'm asking you, I'm prescribing you to go for a walk. Is it's an interesting battle right now. I'm, I'm, but yeah, <laughs> I, I can, I can totally see, see the battle because when we started working together, I was doing walks. Like you got me to do walks and I'm like walking there and I, okay, I have Iron Man to do in yeah. a couple of months and I'm doing <laughs> yoga. He's prescribing me to yoga and walks. Yep. What am I doing? <laughs> Uh, but it all worked out. Um, didn't it? But yeah, it didn't all worked it? But yeah, out. You, qu you questioned me though, didn't you? <laughs> I had some, some thoughts like, is this really going to? <laughs> so, so Thank the... you for not firing me, Mariana. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but like when I crossed that finish line at Ironman Finland at 11, 18, I'm like, oh that was my awesome. God. Yeah. yeah that was so awesome. um, this is perfect segue to what we want to talk about next. Um, how mindset is a really powerful tool um, to achieving greatness, but we can also it can also work against us. Um, and Prof, you wrote an article to get together with uh, Dr. Um, Maffetone called "Athletes Fit but Unhealthy" back in 2016 um, about overtraining and dysfunctional HPA axis. So. Um, I really wish I had read this article <laughs> when it first came out, 2016, um, because I feel like I am pictured in that um, article. And some of the the symptoms that I had with overtraining that I completely ignored for a long time was um, some of the ones that you mentioned in the article, like night sweats weight gain especially in the midsection which i didn't understand uh at all and it was 
it was very depressive because I'm working really hard yeah. and I'm gaining weight. Um, and nutrition was, of course, part of it. Um, I had uh, symptoms like I was doing virtual, this was COVID time, so virtual Ironman racing. And I saw huge cardiac drift, like 30 beats, and my heart rate just stayed elevated, like crazy high. Um, while I wasn't performing any any good, like I had higher expectations for my for my performance, and repeated injuries, and like totally, it, they seemed even like irrelevant irre- to what I was doing. Like I had plantar fasciitis. A couple of months later, I had Bell's palsy, like the inflammation of uh, facial nerve. That was scary. <laughs> and some weird symptoms like um, skin condition. Like I ha- I've never had acne or anything, but during my um, overtraining, like my skin was really bad. Um, so I just couldn't, like they were so random that I couldn't like connect the dots until I really realized that I was overtrained. So, um, Prof, can you talk a little bit more about the overtraining and, and HPA dysfunction that you've seen with, with overtrained athletes? Yeah, for sure. So it's, um, I think we've actually, the start of the interview with Paul and I and our athletes is the perfect, uh, starting and, and yourself as well, Mariana, just how we are kind of wired for this no pain, no gain, right? Or a lot of us are. And then you, you know, the, the, the perfect storm is to have the um, high glycemic uh, or processed foods, right? A lot of sh- like sugar is a real, uh, a real big co-founder in that, right? And that's, that's just in, in so part of uh, today's diet, sadly. Um, but you, you know, you add in the personality type, the high intensity training, the stress, and then the, that food sort of factor as well. And there's a, we'll link to the article it's open access. Um, it's published as Maftona Larson 2016 Sports Medicine Open. We'll link to that. But there's a central figure too, and if we can if we can include the figure uh, also as a graphic, that would probably be good too, because we can kind of we, we sort of see how the perfect storm um, evolves, right? So we got the brain motivated by the no pain, no gain mentality that is in so many so many of us. And then inappropriate volume and and high intensity training that's in there as well with without adequate recovery, right? You do training, but you got to recover from that training. And then throw in um, uh, you know a fuel supply or stress factors like we've been talking about, and perfect storm metabolic substrate imbalance, all the things you were talking about, like the organs, the skin's your largest organ, right, Mariana? Um, so it's you, you're seeing signs in your skin isn't good. Um, you're talking about all these um, nervous systems. So plantar fasciitis is attached to your nervous system, right? So your, your nervous system's angry and it's, and it's, and it's basically, you know, it's, you're just seeing all of these signs that it's, it's real angry. And, um, and yeah, and then you're talking about the fat deposition in the abdominal cavity as well, right? Where you're, you're seeing that. And that's just, um, that's a classic just sign of, of you're not, your body isn't able to get rid of, the stored fat because you're in that stress state state. 
always in a stress state. Cortisol is always high. Cortisol, glucocorticoid, that's how it's defined. So it's a glucose kind of um, uh, anabolic uh, element, right? So it's everything you're in storage. Your body's protecting itself and it's trying to store it. You don't want that. You, wanna, you want to be releasing that, that energy from it so that you can use it in your, in your activity. And Mariana, I know you've talked about just how free some of the training you've been doing lately when, um, you know, when you've realized that, right. You just can't believe how free it is and how much performance has kind of come up. Right. Like it's, I hope you'll talk about that one day. So, um, for us, but yeah, that's that. And, and anyone that's listening, that's any of this stuff is resonating. Uh, I think Mariana sitting in front of us here is a classic example as a beautiful story of how you can, it's, it's all, it all can reverse and go the other way. You know, Paul, in the article, you were talking about health and fitness and, and athletes being fit but unhealthy. How would you describe the differences between being healthy and being fit? Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's a great, great question, Paul. Um, so just being fit, I think we're just talking about you can go on um, – you can get on your Zwift bike and you can crank out an awesome, you know, FTP test, say, for example, you can crank out big power and uh, you can demonstrate that. And that's, you know, you're badass. Awesome. Um, or you can go onto a VO2 max test and you can crank out a big VO2 on a, you know, in a laboratory, et cetera. Doesn't ne necessarily mean that you're healthy. So being healthy is being able to recover from that, that stress, and then, and even continuing to make, make bigger gains later on down the road. Um, if you're just like, like fitness is just a, it's a one time off. It's what you can do today, but it's not, it's not really uh, a sustainable, it's not necessarily, it could be, I mean, they, they do, they do go hand in hand, but it's just, you can be fit, but unhealthy, but you want to be fit and healthy. That's the longevity one. So um, they're just kind of two different things. And we, we don't necessarily, in society, with uh, media and whatnot, you don't necessarily see, you never necessarily see the health. You only see the, the fitness. So we can mm -hmm. see even some of our, and some, you know, some, some athletes with, with egos, as, we're all, as we all have, that's all they care about. Um, but it's, it's just, we want, eventually we want to have, longevity and uh, wellness, those become more larger priorities in our lives, right? So yeah, so that's, um, that's what we want to, to move to next. You know, you also talked about how um, the diet or training trauma can cause chronic inflammation. Um, Mariana talked about how her skin develops some acne, but how, how does that chronic inflammation present itself if we are if we are training and, and, and we are chronically inflamed? So many different ways. So that's just, yeah, it can just be, this is the crazy thing about it, right? Is that there's no one thing that describes it. It can okay. be, it, and that's unfor unfortunately, there's just like, it can, it can present, it's wherever your weak point is. It can, um, so it could present as, um, you know, your inability to, um, you know, get to the body composition that you feel comfortable with, say, for example, that you, that you, that you desire, it could present as a skin uh, issue. It could present as a nervous system issue, you know, 
uh, Mariana just described Bell's palsy. She described plantar fasciitis. There's, there's like a, a hundred or a thousand different neurological issues. These are just like all, all like signs. Um, you know, um, you know, any others, inability to sleep properly through mm. the night. Mm. Um, all of these different things are signs that your stress uh, isn't necessarily ideal. You're, you're not absorbing the stress that you've had during the day. So um, sleep is a big one. So we had uh, on the train on this, the um, parent podcast of this one is called the training science podcast. And one of our colleagues is Alistair Brownlee, uh, two-time Olympic gold medalist. He told us on that podcast that the most important thing for him in all of his career and getting those, um, those gold medals, et cetera, et cetera, is sleep. Uh, he said that, you know, recovery for him is 90% sleep and, and, uh, and 9% nutrition and 1% everything else. So he nailed his, right? So he's, he's, but he is just like, that was the one thing that he always took with him was his ability to sleep. He could sleep like a champion he, um, and, and that may, that helped make him a champion. So sleep, sleep is one of the big ones. So um, it's one of the things that I continue to try to focus on as I go through my, my, my aging and stuff. And when I, I find that when my sleep is, is, is solid, everything else kind of it also takes care of, of the rest of the package too. So, you know, um, one of the one of the questions that I had, Prof, was, you know, in this article you talked about that we go we can train too hard and then not recover. But how do you balance that unhealthy part of training with still getting an adequate training stimulus? Like, why not crush ourselves when we're doing intervals? Doesn't that bring more training stimulus? So this goes back uh, to some of if there's any hobbyists out there in the exercise science uh, you know, world, you, you might come across um, Prof. Steven Seiler, who's a colleague of mine. Um, and he talks a lot about the, the polarized training philosophy that you want to have about 20% of your training hard and 80% of your training easy. This is how good athletes kind of train, right? And the reason is, generally speaking, is because you know, all of our, our body and all the different systems, it reacts to a, a stimulus or a signal. Actually, like a, a, there's actually like a, a molecule, a molecular signal that actually happens in your, in your muscles when you, when you do this type of work. So when you do high intensity work, there's kind of a different signal that tells your body to adapt to that compared to when you're doing the easy work. So you, but, and you want to have a bit of a mix and a balance of both. So, um, and, and what's kind of been discovered with this polarized training, this 80-20 formula, is that it tends to be the formula for balance in your life. And, you, and that's, that's, the, that's the formula for how good athletes uh, train. And this is, if you're familiar with the endurance world, Mariana will definitely know, the Norwegians are just so, so strong. They, the Norwegians tend to have really uh been the dominant force of of teaching us about the the 80 20 uh sort of formula and it, what's what's kind of funny about that is that uh steven is a texan he, he always talks on his um podcasts and and youtube channel with his texas drawl and he's you know he's living he's living in norway and, and whatnot so it's it's just it's always pretty funny but he's had both experiences he comes from the u.s 
he comes from the no pain, no gain philosophy, but then he went to Norway and they, they taught him when he went over there about the 80, 20 sort of formula. And he's, so he's always been about that. So, um, this is one of many methods to get us towards that, that balance that we want. So, um, yeah. You know, and Paul, you are the, you know, the, you're the co-founder of hit science. You're, uh, you know, renowned expert in the area of high intensity interval training. You're also the founder of, of athletica.ai an adaptive training platform that Mariana and I are both coaches for, um, the slogan of Athletica is train smarter, not harder. Can you explain where you got that slogan from and, and why you use it? Yeah, pretty much because we eventually realized that the no pain, no gain philosophy wasn't going to get us uh, to where we wanted to go at the end of the day. No pain, no gain philosophy only gets us more overtrained athletes. We need to, we can do better if we are, if we train smarter. And this came both, um, you know, from research, but also from empirical findings too, right? Like people like Andy Boucher, um, you know, coaching these athletes, Kyle Buckingham, like helping them be healthy um, athletes was, is what got them to, to be successful. So um, that's really, it's just the mantra of, of, of Athletica is, is, um, is to train smarter, not harder. And everything that we build on Athletica is a tool to uh, allow athletes to train smarter, not harder. And, and I mean, like I've, I've been thinking about it the whole time, actually, we've been ch chatting about this here and we have this incredible feature and um, this was invented by one of the scientists in Athletica, uh, Dr. Andrea Zignoli. It's called the workout reserve. And it's ultimately, it, you use this in Athletica um, to, it's, it's like your battery, but every time you see this little marker in Athletica and your session analysis, um, it's colored green currently in terms of, of, of the, the marker. It's in every single session analysis of uh, a running, if you do a run or you do a bike, You've, and, and it really relates to your history and it, we, because we're always looking at what you're doing. And as soon as um, relative to your history, if you, if, as soon as this number in, in the session analysis dips down towards a zero mark, that's pretty much what you've done in the past. So we know um, you don't, and you don't want to go too much deeper than that. You can, but if you, if you go super deep in this little, little marker, it's, it's telling you that you're dipping into the no pain, no gain area. And you want to, you want to, we always want to hit that signal. We want to hit the signal and then we want to walk away, right? Back to Steven Seeler. You just want to, we don't want to do the no pain, no gain, but we do want to train. We want to hit an appropriate stimulus that's just enough. And then we want to walk away and do it again. And we have to talk about this important factor as well. The reason why all of this is important is because it's actually training consistency that is the single most important factor that leads to your success and your, your trajectory towards a, the better you, right? The more you can consistently train day in and day out without getting into overtraining, the better you're going to be off. So our workout reserve helps keep the guide rails on your, on a, any given day's training. 
because the most important session is the next session, right? The most important session is the next session. You need to get that in your head. That's a better philosophy. Train smarter, not harder. The most important session is the next session because training consistency is what it's all about, Paul. And, and if, if I may add to that, um, with the workout reserve, as an athlete, age group athlete, everyday athlete, you can kind of start like developing that feel that Paul has been talking about and teaching his athletes, myself included, to know when you're hitting this, the zero. Um, I think uh, one of the Athletica athletes, Jesse, was uh, commenting on the forum that he wanted to see if that reserve actually knows what it's talking about. And sure enough, he started to feel uh, fatigued at 30 minute mark. And sure, then he went back to Athletica to check out his analysis. And sure enough, workout reserve was dipping around 30. And I've, I've experienced that myself uh, on my training. So it's a really amazing tool to help you develop that feel. When am I approaching my limit? And for everybody, it's a, it's a different time um, frame. It's a different intensity frame. It totally depends on the person. And it might even vary a little bit based on what else you got going on in your life. So we come back to the stress that we've been talking about and your lifestyle, nutrition, health. Did you sleep well? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't tell you how many times like this, this feature in Athletica, I'm so excited by it, honestly. Um, but it's just, uh, it's brand new. It's, it's just been released, but I'm just anecdotally, I'm seeing so many positive uh, experiences with it, with, um, just people reflecting on, just like Mariana said, feel is relating to the, the workout reserve kind of getting towards that that zero mark and that's what that's when they, they almost uh, and, and when they've got the feel in relation to that that's that's really super powerful right like they can start to trust in their training and and know when to pull back uh and i'll just add where it's super in development we're actually um we're actually developing a garmin app that's going to be to give you real-time access to what your workout reserve is. So keep it, keep, yeah, where it's, it's wow. getting closer and closer, but it's, you can just imagine that on your, you know, Paul for your, um, your head units on your, on your cyclists that you want to train and uh, Mariana for your, for your triathletes, you know, you're just having that in your, um, on your, on your uh, running head uh, with the, you know, the, the Garmin, it's just going to be sweet. That's awesome. Hey, let's uh, clip this out, but I have developed my own um, <laughs> feel sensor and it's, I get goosebumps here in my arms when, I, when I'm reaching zero. When I know like uh, four wow. by one K, if I'm pushing it too hard, goosebumps. We're not, we're not editing that out. No, <laughs> That's brilliant. But like, think about that. That's your, like, that's your nervous system kind of, um, speaking to you. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. That's perfect. I don't need tech for that. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. It's great. you got your own, your own Garmin unit. Yeah. you got your yeah. own Garmin app. <laughs> Skin goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> So here are my takeaways or compass coordinates about the, the health and fitness 
discussion we've been having today. Number one, reframe the idea of pain when it comes to fitness. There, there is a difference between a challenge and too much strain in our workout, and it can be harmful. So embrace that, that idea of a, of a smart challenge. Number two, your health matters. Your health is the most important thing. Um, nutrition, sleep, prioritize the, the well-being influences um, that help our performance in, in sport and work and relationships. And number three, we go back to the, the motto of Athletica and what Dr. Paul was saying is that train smarter, not harder. There's an element of strategic planning and recovery, listening to your body. Um, Paul said, consistency is the most important thing that we can do. And if we can be consistent in our training, that's where we get the most benefit. Thank you for listening today and join us next time on the Athlete's Compass, where we are going to start talking about our training principles and about the ways that we train best and train smarter. Check out the show notes below, and we'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Athlete's Compass podcast, your guiding light through the complex world of training for your endurance sport. For a deeper dive into the science, listen to our companion podcast, the Training Science Podcast, and check out the AI adaptive training platform, athletica.ai. Thanks.